this is Nita Erlene, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries Podcast. As believers, we can get caught in a kind of shorthand of thinking and speaking about salvation. Jesus saved us, and we will go to heaven. These next few podcasts, we will take time to consider salvation. We will look at the need for salvation, the means of salvation, and consider these questions. From what are we being saved, and to what are we being saved? Today, Tori Bjorklund, president of TRC Ministries, gives an introduction to what's so great about salvation. We're going to talk about so great a salvation. What's so great about salvation? I'm taking this from Hebrews 2.3. The writer of Hebrews uses that phrase, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? But I want to use another as well. And that is from Acts 13, I'm sorry, 1630. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Do you you remember who said that, by the way? Anybody remember who said that? Who asked that question? It was the jailer. Okay, Paul and Silas were in jail. And they were broke out of jail. And if you remember the story here, the account, the jailer was about to kill himself. Why was he about to kill himself? Um, It was more honorable to die at your own sword than to be executed for having let the prisoners go. And so he's about to kill himself, and Paul cries out, Do not harm yourself. We are all still here. Here's Paul's response to Paul and Silas. They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. So when Paul and Silas were broken out of jail by God, the jailer asked this very important question. However, I don't think that he was asking the question that we attribute to those words. Do you think he was asking about his eternal destiny at that point? He was asking, in my opinion, he was ruined as a jailer. Okay, first of all, he was ruined. His his career was over. His life was over as far as he was concerned. That's why he was about to suicide. He was going to lose his life anyway. I think he was interested in saving his skin, not his soul. And so he, Paul said, don't hurt yourself. We are all here. And he said, what am I going to do? This is the end. How could I be saved? I may as well commit suicide. I'm not going to survive this. Now, Paul, I assume it's Paul. It says they, Paul and Silas, answered, it did address the man's question, but not in a way that, that was how he meant it. It was in a different way, yet it was very, very relevant. Now, how could this answer be relevant to what this man's current situation was? And I faced this at the point of my salvation, by the way. I was not interested. This man is trying to tell me that I'm going to go to heaven. If I accept Jesus, I'll go to heaven. Well, the terms that he's used is, why don't you turn your life over to God? That's what, that's what my friend Tom told me, Tom Heidinger. And you know what? I was not interested in going to heaven at that point. I was interested in getting out of the hell that I was currently in. That's what was of interest to me. But this answer addresses both situations. So as Jesus pointed out to his disciples, When we have the kind of salvation to which Paul referred, which was different than the salvation that the jail was referring to, when we have that kind of salvation, the fact that your employer will soon execute you no longer carries the same consequence. 
The fact that you are ruined as a jailer no longer carries the same consequence that it did without the salvation that Paul was, and Silas were talking about. Now, interestingly, and you'll find that, by the way, in Matthew 10, 28, Jesus said, don't worry about who can kill the body. Do you remember that? But worry about him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's an interesting passage. So when Paul uttered, or whoever, Paul and Silas, they uttered those famous words, so often quoted, and in my opinion, very seldom explained, believe in the Lord Jesus, or some translations say on the Lord Jesus, he was providing an answer to both questions. How can you survive being a ruined jailer? But also, the question the jailer might not have thought about, or maybe had, I can't say for sure, but what happens after you're dead? And Paul was addressing this. Now, it's interesting, I, when I was in grade school, uh, my Sunday school teacher encouraged us to witness. I don't remember how old I was, probably about third or fourth grade. And I wanted to be a good boy. And back then, I still did. And so that week, I was with one, with one of my buddies. And I wanted to witness to him. And I kind of screwed up my nerve. And I, and I asked him, have you ever been saved? And he enthusiastically said, yes, to my relief. And then he proceeded to tell me of the time that he had lost his brakes on his bicycle. Now, back then, kids, bicycles didn't have hand brakes. They were your pedals. And when your chain comes off the sprocket, you no longer have any brakes whatsoever. And he was telling me about how he had lost his brakes, and he was coasting down a steep hill. And the hill tees into Highway 189, north out of Flagstaff, and right into a busy highway. And I don't remember all the details of his harrowing experience as he related it to me, but somehow he had been saved from what he thought was certain death. And so enthusiastically, he said, yes, I have been saved. And um, what I remember, I don't remember all of his details, but what I do remember is that he didn't attribute it to God, and I was left without any other approach to witness to this guy. I, I, you know, my toolkit was empty. I'd used the one tool I had, and it didn't work. It didn't fit. And so I just dropped the conversation, and we didn't pursue it any further. So as I've grown in my faith and my journey with God, I've come to realize that the concept of being saved biblically does not mean what we often infer in that word. And a large part of that is because of culture. Not our U.S. culture, but our Western Christian culture. So what does it mean to be saved? I think we should break this down. And, this is, and I'll end with this. So this is the question still. We'll break it down in here so, this way. From what are we being saved? I want to add to this one. From what are we being saved? To what are we being saved? From what to what? Okay. So the next question is, in what way does it happen? In what way are we being saved? So what I meant by in what way is, what actually happens to get us saved? How does it happen? You know, does it come upon us? Or do we have to do anything? Do we have a role in it? I mean, these are some, there's some heavy implications there, huh? How about this one? What is the result of this salvation? Now, 
this was the number one question that was in my mind when I became a Christian. I didn't know, by the way, I knew I had become a Christian. I knew that I had given my life to God. That was all that I was convinced of was that there was a creator who had made me, who had the right to destroy me, and I didn't have the right to destroy me because I couldn't make me. That was the only thing I was convinced of at that point. And I decided I was going to give my life over to the creator to do with as he saw fit. But what I was interested in was could that salvation result in something that meant something to me that day? You know, if we think about, say, think of the bumper sticker, one of the bumper stickers that I always despised, Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. In my opinion, that's kind of like saying the operation was a success. It's too bad the patient died. If Christians are just forgiven and no different in any other way than anybody else, the salvation could be a success, but too bad that we have to live the rest of our life in death. So what's the result of this salvation? What can we expect? Here's one, 1 Peter 2.2. Peter says that we should grow in respect to salvation. How do you grow it? I mean, I th you either got it or you don't, don't you? Can you be more saved? How do you grow in respect to salvation? Here's one that you maybe never thought of this one. I don't know. I used to read, as I read through the Gospels, I, would, I thought Jesus was talking about going to heaven when he talked about the kingdom of God. So is being saved the same as seeing? Okay, Nicodemus. Okay, by the way, most famous Bible verse ever in the world, John 3.16. Who was Jesus speaking to? Isn't that in the conversation with Nicodemus? And the reason I'm saying that is he said in that conversation twice, you, once you will not see the kingdom and you cannot enter into the kingdom. I thought that meant you'll never see heaven. You'll never get into heaven unless you're born again. But is being saved the same as seeing the kingdom? Is being saved the same as entering, obtaining the kingdom, entering the kingdom? of God or the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God going into it the same as getting saved is it in this life is it you know these are really I think these are hugely important questions why are these important questions this goes back to why we should cover this material at all because we cannot have faith we cannot believe in something understand and if you want to believe the words of Jesus Christ here, you better figure out what he's saying. My little brother used to believe that he could affect things by blanking his mind. I don't know where he got that idea. But he was, in, he was probably in about third grade. We had a pool table in our, in our bedroom, us boys. We had a big room. And we played pool a lot. And just as I'm about to shoot and maybe win the game, I would hear my brother Tom mumbling his mantra, mm blank, mm blank. He was trying to blank his mind. Mm blank. I didn't share his faith in the blank, but we have a, I, I mentioned this, I, I quoted from, from Willard last week about you can't believe a blur or a blank. Well, unless you're Tom, but we look at this and we get, a, we just kind of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the, you know, we just kind of, blank on those. It's like when I read these 
novels that Naomi likes and they have all these hard names. I never pronounce them in my head. I'm blank. And somebody will say, you know, reference a character in a book and I have no idea who they're talking about. Well, you know, that person that was, you know, and I'm like, oh, is that how you say that word? But anyway, we kind of, I, I skipped over these things in the Bible because I didn't understand them. They were a blur or a blank. And I just kind of, uh, and then go on with my preconceived notions or my misconceptions. But we need to address some of these if we're going to believe Jesus. Thanks for listening in today. Our vision at TRC Ministries is to see individuals fulfill their calling under the authority of the church, using the resources of the kingdom of God. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries or to contact us, go to www.regenerationcenter.org.